you were talking about how you were on the fence about like posting about him. And I was just like, keep that to yourself. You know, like it's peaceful. Don't, mm-hmm. don't welcome that to the world until you two are solid and feel comfortable with it. You know, yeah. like I feel like there's this pressure that people like feel the need to post their lover online. Or- and I was definitely one of those girls. Mm-hmm. Like that was, I think like when I was younger, I so wanted to like a boyfriend. I so wanted a relationship. Okay. So, but it wasn't even like for me, it was like, like impressing my friends, impressing like social media. None of that is important to me. Like I care about peace in my life. I care about making sure like he's happy. I'm happy. And that's really all that matters. Welcome to another episode of Sip and Spill, where we sip on drinks while spilling the tea on dating and relationships. I'm your host, V, <laughs> and today I'm with a very special, beautiful guest, Marshana. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Very happy to be here. I'm excited so to excited. finally meet you in person. I know, and we're <laughs> going to get right into that. So... Today I have Marshana here. We're going to talk about how our relationship went from clubhouse to real life. (laughs) And then we'll get into kind of some growth and dating type of topics. And of course, Two Cent Tuesdays. I love Two Cent Tuesdays. (laughs) So let's get right into it. So yeah, first segment, how did we meet? We met... In 2020, during the pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, we a lot of us didn't have anything to do. At all. We were on our phones, online. So you and I met through Clubhouse. Yes. This was back when Clubhouse was popping. Mm-hmm. Like, I joined Clubhouse in November 2020. Okay, I joined October. Yeah. So we were, like, right back right to back. Right back to back. <laughs> and I think we met, like, that same month that I joined. Yep. I think we met in a room. I think the topic was something like... Oh, if you have a, if you know you have a girlfriend, like, why are you talking to me? Or something like oh, that. yes. Yeah. I could not for the life of me remember. Something like that. I was going to ask you that. I'm like, what room did we meet in? But I'm, I remember that now. Yeah. Oh, no, it was called, um, if you have a girlfriend, just say that. Yes. That's yes. What yes. That's, That's what, what it was. was <laughs> and you came in and you, I think you shared a story about like a guy that was trying to talk to you. He mm-hmm. had a girlfriend, but he wasn't like being honest about right. it. Right. And our friendship just, like, blossomed from there. Like, we did several rooms together. Right. You always had, like, really dope topics. And then you were doing Sip and Spill, mm-hmm. um, your podcast on Clubhouse. Yes. So I always loved being a part of that. So it just blossomed from there. And then we started following each other on Instagram, just mm-hmm. keeping up with each other's lives. And yeah. Yeah, we were just a vibe. And I was like, you know what? This girl is dope. <laughs> Want to get to know her in person. And then we finally got each other's number. We check right. on each other every now and then. <laughs> and just keep up with our, each other's lives through Instagram. And it's just blossomed from there. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I remember, too, um, when we first met. I don't know if you remember this. You were dating somebody at the time. And you were like, I need advice. Oh, and yeah. So she, like, asked if she could call me. And we were on the phone for hours. hours. Oh, my goodness. I remember that guy. <laughs> I remember. It's, it's so crazy, like, when you're, like, going through a thing with a guy. Mm-hmm. And then you get out of it, like, years later. You're like, why was why I Why was I even stressed? right? Yeah. Right. Thinking back on it, I'm like, I can't believe that's who was stressing me out like right. that. But I remember I called you. We were on the phone for, like, three, four hours. Yes. And I was just, like, pouring my heart out. Like, Venice, I don't know what to do. Like, what do you think this means? He did this today. What do you think that means? It was a lot. (laughs) I had a meeting with Amber after that. And I was like, 
I think Marshane and I are going to be really good friends. Really? Like, yes, because Aww. it was like we clicked. So, like, yeah. talking to you, it was crazy because I feel like at that time we only had met each other maybe a week prior mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. And talking to you and, like, just being on the phone for hours, it felt like somebody who I knew for my whole Me entire too. life. Me too. Yeah, and then I think, like, Shortly after that, we talked again, and every yeah. time we were on the phone, we would be on the phone for hours. For hours. And I remember you were working from home at the time. Yes, I had a lot of time. On yes, my and you were like giving me all this advice about like uprooting and moving to a new city, mm-hmm. and like <laughs> I was just like, this is my type of girl. Yeah. Like, so I'm glad that we stayed friends. Me but too. Me too. Let's get back to Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Clubhouse. <laughs> oh boy. So. <laughs> The the rise and fall of Clubhouse, right? Yes. So what was, like, the peak era, do you think, of Clubhouse? Like, when um, we first came in and kind of the conversations? Because you held a lot of really good rooms, too. Yeah. I, lo- I loved Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was an opportunity to, like... Be in the presence of people who you wouldn't, we would have never had the opportunity to be around. You right. Know? We all were inside, didn't really have much to do. Like everything was on lockdown. So it just, like a lot of conversations were sparked with various different types of people from like all across the US. This was like before Clubhouse became like an international app. I think it was. Oh, it's international now. Yeah, it's international now. Oh. But back like when we joined it, it, it was, was only, only iPhones. It was only iPhones and it was only America and I think. Nigeria and a few other countries but it was like it was mostly the U.S. yeah so for us like we like got to talk we would like have conversations with celebrities on there and it was just like so chill (laughs) like (laughs) I forgot about this yeah the celebrities were on Clubhouse cutting up too like Kevin Hart was on there Mm -hmm. 21 Savage Mm -hmm. like so many different types of people even I think Jay Z was on there. He did a room on there once mm-hmm. for like his birthday or something. Mm-hmm. So it like Clubhouse was the place to be for sure. But I would say the fall of it was when things started opening up. Like for me, as soon as outside opened up, I was like, oh, I don't have time to be on here anymore. I have a life. Bye. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, I have to go to brunch. Right. As soon as they lifted the restrictions in LA, I think they lifted our restrictions in like March or April 2021. Okay. I was like, yeah. So I got you were late getting be. off of Clubhouse because from my perception. Clubhouse started dying in January. In January? Yeah. Because really? I felt like that's when a lot of like the people I met and knew stopped uh-huh. using it. I stopped using it as uh-huh. much. And by the time February came around, I felt like hardly anybody was on there anymore. Really? I think yeah. I was on there till at least like April okay. of 2021. Yeah, no, I felt like it died down before outside happened because mm-hmm. The thing about Clubhouse was when it first started, one, it was like it wasn't too many people. Mm. So it kind of was like the ideas were new and they were fresh. And it was like over time it became very, very repetitive. People would go into rooms telling the exact same story they just told in another room. And it's like, bro, you don't have nothing else to talk about. (laughs) Like I remember this one guy I met, he came into a Sippensville room he was telling a story about like his how he got into like polyamorous relationships. Mm-hmm. And then after that, every single room I found him in after that, he was told the exact the same, same story wow. verbatim. Like wow. same everything. And I'm just like, he's really trying to sell this. Like yeah. I don't know what he's trying to do. Yeah. And then I think also when celebrities came in, it kind of like well, one, celebrities had like a a real life check from from Clubhouse mm-hmm. because the beauty of Clubhouse is that 
it broke the barrier between the celebrity and their fans. So that was, I feel like, the first time they experienced their real-life fans telling them how they truly felt about them. Oh, yeah. Versus them looking that. at it like, oh, these are just trolls online saying this. And it's like, no, I don't like what you did, and this is why. <laughs> and, like, they have to answer to that mm -hmm. because you're on stage with a regular person. You can't mute them. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're just sitting there taking it, and you could tell that some of them, like, took it to heart. Yeah, they're sensitive. Them, yeah, very sensitive, sensitive. Very sensitive. Very like, sensitive. I think about, um, like, uh, Tory Lane's first day. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They cussed that man out, like, on Clubhouse that day. <laughs> I remember that. Poor Tory Lanez. <laughs> or um um Ack. Yeah. I remember and Lakeith. I cussed out Lakeith. You cussed too. out Lakeith. I did. I remember I that because that conversation that. went on. That that room lasted over twenty four hours mm -hmm. when you cussed out Lakeith. Because yeah. I remember I woke up the next day because I was on East Coast time. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what was going on. And I'm <laughs> texting you like is everything okay? What like, what did you do? <laughs> and then you were like, like, ooh, nothing, just yeah, cussing out Lakeith. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but no, when um when Act came on, I remember his welcome party literally was all the rappers who always hated him because all the stuff that he said on his platform about them all came together in his welcome room. Mm -hmm. For those who don't know, like Clubhouse, when you join, you have a welcome room. And basically people who know you or people who are already on the app come in to welcome you to Clubhouse. So when he joined, he had his welcome room. That was the first time I ever saw somebody get kicked out of their own welcome room. <laughs> that was when Meek Mills came after him. And the, that was the first time that, like, a room in Clubhouse, like, hit capacity. Yeah. We had never experienced that before. But, yeah, I felt like after that happened, then I felt like it started, like, slowing down and people were, like, just having the same conversations mm -hmm. over and over again. And then even, like... For me with Sip and Spill, I used to love doing like Two Cent Tuesdays on mm -hmm. there. But then after a while, it just felt like people were using it. It just didn't feel authentic anymore. I don't know how to explain it. But it felt yeah. like everybody was trying to on there, trying to like clout chase. And then that's when people started like selling consultant, like consulting rooms. And it's just it like. Just turned, it just turned into like, I don't, I mean. It was just audio AIDS. I'm sorry. Yeah, audio, <laughs> like, audio, AIDS. audio AIDS, audio herpes. Like, it was just, like, horrible. I just didn't like it. Right. And I think what really killed it for me, for me, it was a combination of, obviously, like, the world opening up. Mm -hmm. So I don't have time to sit on y'all, like, to right. sit here with y'all. I have things to do. <laughs> I have people to go see. Right. So I'm already out of here. But it was also, like, people were just making it. It was turning into, like, you know, on Twitter. I don't know if you're mm -hmm. still on Twitter. Mm -hmm. But, like, on Twitter, everybody is, like, an ism or, like, a f everything is an ism. Everything is a phobia. Everything is, like, I'm a victim of something, so mm -hmm. I want to talk about it today. So that's when it just started getting annoying for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I, like, an album would come out, and I'd be like, oh, I want to talk about, just to throw a name out there, but, oh, I want to talk about SZA's album. And they'd be like, well, did you know that SZA used to be a colorist? She used to do that. And I'm just like... So about her music. Okay, like, <laughs> I want to talk about SZA's album. Right. But no, we need to talk about the misogyny. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, this is too much for me. Like, yeah. I come on here to clown and act a fool. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not trying to have, like, deep, introspective conversations all on time. here all the time. Yeah. Like, I, it's like a time and a place. Like, yeah. But if the room is about, like, a lighthearted topic, don't be coming on here telling us about your traumas. Like... I'm sorry that happened to you, but I'm not. Listen, this room is for us to like roast each other. Like, I don't want to hear about trauma in this room. So I think it was Wait, just like too that much. That just reminded me. Do you remember the time we tried to co-host like 
an appreciation for Tiffany Pollard. Oh, yeah. And then towards the end, somehow it turned into, like, this bash session of, like, just, like, something she said about eggs and, like, women yeah. having issues with, with like... fertilization. I was yeah, like, Yeah, I was like, how do... Tiffany Pollard, how like, does you go from New York <laughs> to talking about women having trouble with It was the pregnant. strangest thing. Like, I feel like it was, like, the Oppression Olympics. Like, that's really what it was. It was like, you know what? Y'all can have the room. I was like, you know what? I'm leaving. I think we left. We left the room that we created. We said somebody else as a mod, and we left. somebody else a moderator and just left. Because I was like, I listen, I don't have, like, the capacity to have these type of conversations i came on here to laugh that is too funny so that was when i was just like you know i have to get off this app Mm because it's too many like weirdos on here right that was the end of it for me i don't think i've logged back on since girl i I didn't even know it still existed until a week like two two or three weeks ago girl they're still on there fighting yes every day the same exact topics too same topics every single day fighting about something right i'm like y'all don't get tired at all when was the last time you smiled like, do you, like, is there joy in your life? Go for a walk. Is go for a walk. Go outside. <laughs> Call your mama. Put your phone on the charger <laughs> and go take a walk. Right. Like, please. Turn off the TV. Like, <laughs> I feel like people on Clubhouse, like, wake up mm-hmm. and just start talking. 1,000%. Like, didn't even brush your teeth, didn't even say your prayers. Just open your eyes and started talking. Right. Like, it was just too much. <laughs> it was too much. <laughs> but I got you out of it. Yes. So yes. I'm yes. happy about that. And I think, too, <laughs> one of the biggest things that connected us was, like, talking about like self-love through relationships Mm -hmm. and dating and things like that. We had like so many topics, even though we had two different experiences, we both had a lot of traumas in our past dating and relationships, but we still were able to like find self-love in that. And I feel like that's something that we continue to preach to audiences moving forward. Mm -hmm. So like something I wanted to touch on was kind of like, our growth in our dating experiences. Mm-hmm. So how has your dating experiences been for like, I haven't heard anything about your dating life recently. <laughs> so it's been peaceful. update me, right. <laughs> it's been peaceful. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I joined Clubhouse. I met you when mm-hmm. I was, I think tw- in 2020, I was 26. I yeah. Think. Cause I, I was just 27, 28. Yeah, yeah. I was 26. So I feel like that was like a really transitional period of life for me where I was like, learning from all of my prior mistakes and then like applying them so I would say like before the age of 26 like all of my relationships were like very toxic Mm. not even I wouldn't say like um like they were never physically abusive yeah nobody's no no (laughs) (laughs) they were never physically abusive but I would say they were very like emotionally abusive Mm -hmm. and like I was in a place in my life where I was very immature Mm -hmm. and so once I turned 26, it really allowed me, I had a, I got out of a very like horrible relationship in 2020. Okay. And so after that relationship, that's when I had to like take a look inside myself and say, okay, like this person that you were with was, was like toxic and the people you were with prior was toxic, but like there's something about you that keeps attracting those type of men. Yeah. There's something about you that like constantly finds yourself in those types of patterns. So like, what is it about you that's like doing that? So I decided to just, like, take a step back and really do, like, some, like, soul-searching and, like, have honest conversations with myself. Like, girl, like, why are you constantly dating, like, these type of guys? Like, what is it about you that, one, is attracting those type of guys? Uh And then, two, like, causing you to stay in those relationships to the point where it gets so bad, you know? So I feel like 2020 was, like, that awakening year for me where I I could just, like, put all of, like, the nonsense aside and just, like, focus on me, focus on 
healing. I know like healing is like really popular right mm-hmm. now, but like really, <laughs> really focus on healing. Yeah. And I think like meeting you, like I got to have like those honest conversations. And I feel like you, you helped me like be accountable too. like, you weren't oh. just like, you weren't just like putting, um, like when I would come to you for advice, you weren't just like telling me what I want to hear. Like most mm-hmm. friends are like, Oh, it's not your fault. Like he's this, he's that he's trash. Like you're perfect. Like, no, that's you not have, me at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> not, not that friend. That's if not you Benice. need that, don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> that's not her. Like she had like really honest conversations with me like Marshana like yes this guy did this but here's what you did and here's where you went wrong in this and here's how you could do better in the mm-hmm. future so I think that helped me a lot so ever since then like I haven't been in any sort of toxic situations whatsoever and when I when I feel it getting toxic I'm like okay I recognize this type of behavior before mm-hmm. like I need to remove myself from the situation so mm-hmm. it's not a repeat so I think like despite like how you know bad like previous dating experiences were it allowed me to learn a lot of lessons and they say like the greatest teacher like the the greatest teacher is life and life experiences so now that i've had those life experiences i know now okay this is someone crossing a boundary this is someone you know testing me this is someone doing something that i don't like here's how i can like set set a boundary with myself here's how I can walk away from those type of situations and like put me first and put my happiness first and I think that's why like at the I'm 29 now so at the age of 29 like I'm in a much healthier relationship I'm like dating much better people I know how to like avoid toxic men Mm -hmm. and just like you know look inside myself and say hey like you need to like do better too like when something when something bad happens like person I'm dating now if we get into like any sort of like argument I know how to like fight in a healthy way or like art like communicate yeah conflict resolution I right. think those past experiences like regardless of how toxic they were they they've helped shape me into who I am today no so. that's beautiful and I'm I'm happy because I remember our most recent conversation about your dating life you were talking about how you were on the fence about like posting about him and things of that yeah. nature and I was just like keep that to yourself you know like it's peaceful don't mm-hmm. don't welcome that to the world until you two are solid and feel comfortable with it you know yeah. like I feel like there's this pressure that people like feel the need to post their lover online or else it's not real mm-hmm. or you know all that type of things but it's like when you're posting that who are you doing it for exactly if you two are solid and you're at peace where you are Keep that private. You exactly. know, I love it. Like, I can't wait for the surprise reveal, girl. I cannot wait. <laughs> I'm <Exactly>. sitting back. <laughs> exactly. And I was definitely one of those girls. Mm-hmm. Like, that was, I think, like, when I was younger, I so wanted to, like, a boyfriend. I so wanted a relationship. Okay. So, but it wasn't even, like, for me. It was, like, for other people. I wanted other people to see, oh, I'm with someone. Like, this mm-hmm. is my, my man, my man, my man, my man. Now right. I'm like, I don't even care about those things. Right. Like, like impressing my friends, impressing like social media, none of that is important to me. Like I care about peace in my life. I care about making sure like he's happy, I'm happy, and that's really all that matters. That's perfect. I love that. So give me like examples of I guess past toxic scenarios you've had to deal with mm-hmm. and then how you kind of like pinpoint those triggers now. Hmm. I think like like one thing that I've learned is like respect. Okay. Respect is like the foundation of any like healthy relationship. Like respect, even in business, in business, mm-hmm. in family, in romantic relationships, in any relationship, like, in any type of relationship, yeah. there has to be like a baseline respect there. Right. And when I look at like my past relationships, I can see like those men they didn't respect me. Like the way they would talk to me, mm. like the things that they would say, like the way people treat you is how they feel about you. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about like some of the things that they would, even when we would get into arguments, right. 
now at this age, like I know, like even no matter how mad I am at a person, this is even outside of romantic relationships. Yeah, this is my friendships too. No matter how how angry I am at a person, I know like there's certain things you shouldn't say Mm -hmm. because one, you can't take them back. Right, and you know it's just unnecessary to like say hurtful things just because you're angry, you Mm -hmm. know. And when I look at like past relationships, like when I would get into arguments or when we would have disagreements they would say like some of like the most vile things Mm. to hurt me and i'm like this is not respect this is not love and despite them saying those things i still stayed Mm -hmm. i still stayed in those relationships still stayed with them like we were still boyfriend and girlfriend and it's like if you allow it once it just gets worse like the next time around you know so it was just and would you find yourself saying vile things to them yeah, I response. mean to be honest, yeah, to be yeah, honest. No, I'm saying I'm only saying that cuz I feel like sometimes people don't realize that people bring different energies out of mm-hmm. you, right? Cuz I know you and I know that that's not you, yeah. but you might be dating somebody and they bring that out of mm-hmm. you. And I'm guess I'm just saying this to say like it's very important the type when you choose your partner yeah. and the type of energy that they bring out of you. Like that's something that I'm learning. Mm-hmm. So it's like when I see one of my triggers is hit, I'm like, okay, let me stop because I know when that trigger gets hit, yeah. who I become. Yeah. And I no longer identify with that girl anymore. Mm-hmm. I only identify with who I am yeah. today. And so. that's that's actually, like, I'm so glad you said that because that's a huge promise that I made to myself. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, tw- 26, the year 2020 was, like, my last toxic relationship. Right. And after that, like, I, I sat to myself and I was like, I never ever want to get to a point where someone brings that type of reaction out of me like brings Mm -hmm. that type of anger out of me like before it even like there were so many steps so many months before it even escalated to that point so now I'm like I never want to see that in me like ever Mm -hmm. I don't even like being mean to people like I don't like even when it comes to like dealing with like customer service issues I'm usually the type of person they get my order wrong I'm gonna just hey it's wrong I don't like the food I'm just not gonna come back here yeah like I don't even like those like people getting that out of me so when it comes to relationships now like I've definitely identified the things that like push my buttons Mm -hmm. so now I'm like you know what I know where this is about to go before it even gets there if we can't come to some sort of resolution before it even gets there let me just remove myself from the situation let me remove myself from this relationship like there's other fish in the sea. There's a billion and like there's eight billion people in the world. Like <laughs> right. I, don't, I don't have time for this. Right. And I I think like now like now that I'm out of that and mm-hmm. I can like see things from that perspective. Like when I see even with like celebrities and stuff, when I see like celebrities going through their relationship drama, I'm just like wow. Like I see it now for what it is. You mm-hmm. know. Like even my friends, when I see them going through stuff, I'm like wow. Like. When you're in that, you don't even recognize it. But now that you're out, you're like, wow, look at how I used to behave. Right. I used to behave just like that. So how do you communicate when you've been triggered with your partner now? I th- I think communication is, like, super important. Like, being vocal about it. I think in, like, past relationships, I would, like, do the immature thing, like the silent treatment. Mm-hmm. If something made me mad, or oh, I'm going to just block his number, or I'm not going to talk to him for a couple days. And, like, that doesn't solve anything. It just, like, builds up resentment. But now, like, if something bothers me, like, I address it immediately. Like, you know, conflict resolution, knowing how to, like, properly, like, fight. Yeah. And, and it sounds crazy, like, knowing how to fight. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, knowing how to, like, do, like, good conflict resolution is important. So if something bothers me, I'm not going to, like, let it sit overnight. Yeah. I'm not going to, like, let it fester. I'm just going to say how I feel. If it's not, like, the right time and place, like, think about it, go home, like, you know, figure out how I can properly communicate. 
But just like not letting things build up. I think that was the most important thing for me to learn because I think like looking back, I was very passive aggressive, Mm -hmm. very childish. Like Mm -hmm. instead of talking to them about the problem, I would like go talk to like. Random I've like called the guy's house. Yeah, people on Clubhouse. I've called the guy's mom to complain what? about him. That's of, funny. Yeah, I'm like, no, I'm gonna call your mom. Right. I'm gonna call your mom because this is not working. She out. don't. Nobody know you better than your mom. Exactly. <laughs> so even things like that, like when I look back, I'm like, wow, that was so immature. Right. But yeah, really, just sitting and like talking to each other and like mm-hmm. talking at the problem versus like you know addressing each other is the problem. You know, like yeah. what, what's the issue that's really like causing this divide between us as opposed to just. You're this, you're that, you did this. Mm-mm, not anymore. Yeah. No, I mean, I love that. That's. I feel like that's healthy communication because you have to, when you're really trying to grow with somebody, you have to drop that idol. Ooh, individualistic <laughs> view of it's a like big word for Elmo, right? Right. <laughs> I was saying a whole different word, and I'm like, wait, Denise, wait. There's the I end in there, <laughs> but no, the individualistic view of just your perception because mm-hmm. now you're a unit so it's like how like you said i love how you worded that like how are we going to attack this problem Mm -hmm. because it's not about how this problem affected me it's about how it affected us exactly and it sounds like you did a great due diligence in finding a partner who has that same mindset with you which Mm -hmm. is very important and i think too that that's because of the time you gave yourself to heal Mm -hmm. from your past relationships and being very intentional and like dating moving forward in order to get there so kudos to you (laughs) (laughs) so before we get into some fun segments Mm -hmm. i want to ask i asked it i asked this at the end of every like serious discussion what would you say was your big takeaways from the conversation we just had um reflection Mm. yeah reflection like i think you know, there's a there's a thing now, I don't, I don't know if you've seen it, like, on the internet, where, like, people are always like, women can never take accountability. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, when I used to see that, like, a couple years ago, I'd be like, these men are so stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my goodness, look at them saying women can't take accountability. They're and then the you ones, started reflecting yeah, on yourself. <laughs> like, they're the ones that can't take accountability. Men can never admit that they're wrong. But, like, honestly, like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say all women. Yeah. But I would say, like, it's really hard for, for like, women, like, for... When you're younger, it's really hard to say, like, I messed up. It's easy to point the finger at, like, the guy and say, he did this to me. He's such an asshole. He's Mm -hmm. such a narcissist. He's this. Which can be true. Yeah. You know, like, that's not an excuse for a guy to, like, just be so terrible to you. But at the same time, like, in order to, like, not make the same mistake again, you have to, like reflect you have to be accountable for your actions mm-hmm. you know but i think when people hear the word accountability they hear it as like oh you're blaming me right this is victim blaming and it's like no it's not victim Mm-mm. blaming it's saying to yourself like i also played a part in this mm-hmm. like in order for this relationship to have become toxic in order for it to have been this like you have to be somewhat of a participant even if it. it was as small as just you staying exactly that that is enough exactly but you have to like you said take accountability for mm-hmm. that So I think, like, for me, just, like, reflection in Mm -hmm. general, like, being able to, like, look at, like, your growth, your behavior in the past and and saying to yourself, okay, do I want to change this? Do I want to continue to be this person moving forward? And, like, once you've made that decision, it makes it so much easier to, like, accept things going forward. Right. I love that. Reflection. Mm -hmm. I'd say my biggest takeaway would be um, all men are not the same. Mm. And I'm using that because of the fact that 
in your story, you went from dating very similar types over and over and over again. And now you're in the healthiest relationship you've ever been in. And you're with somebody who I'm assuming is as self self aware as you are. Mm -hmm. And so I think the point being is that I know there's this notion from both men and women that all women are the same and all men are the same. And I hate gender wars Me because too. at the end of the day, men oh need women God, me just too. like women need men. Yes. Right. Like if we want to have a society of just women and just men, leave me out of it. Yeah. Like I'm not taking the trash out. Yeah. I know that's small, but like, I'm not, I'm not taking jar. the trash. I'm uh -uh. not doing that. You know, I don't like to change my own oil. I would never do. No. I'm no. not lifting boxes. Nope. Like I'm I'm not doing it. If I have to, no, nope. maybe I'll think about it, but mm -hmm. I have a dad. But you know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> I'm not at the end of the day, and I know those are just like minor things. Yeah, but those are superficial. Yeah, things. it's just in the great scheme of things, like I watched this quote somebody said where it's like when you look around, every human being you see was brought here by a woman, yeah. and every building you see that was built was built by a man. Yeah. And that is that really just kind of shows like we, we need, need each, each other. other at the end of the day we really do. and so long story short is don't look at it as all men are the same all women are the same just understand that when you go through your reflection like mm -hmm. you just said and you become self-aware when you start dating with intention you'll find the person who is a fit for you exactly and you will ignore those who no longer who serve aren't. who you want to become or mm -hmm. who you are mm -hmm. so yeah that's that. <laughs> All right. Time to have fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mark your calendars for Tuesday because the madness continues with Two Cent Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Sip and Spill. If you had a blast with us today, do me a favor and share it with a friend. You're the real MVP of the Sip and Spill party. Until next time, deuces.